calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. This episode of the Sheridan Tapes was brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. Shirley Casperson, Virginia Spots, Jesse Steele, Sam Taylor, Mike and Don Van Winkle, Neil Covert, Aries Jimenez, Holly Harmon, Accursed, and Ali Vasilevska. If you'd like to support the show as well, then please go to patreon.com slash homesteadcorner. For as little as $1 a month, you get early access to all new episodes, a special patron-only podcast, and exclusive behind-the-scenes content.
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. So, Sam left to go get some fresh air about an hour ago and still hasn't come back. I don't know what he's doing, but he did look pretty freaked out when he left. I don't know why, I just mentioned Agatstor and he lost his shit. I mean, maybe it messed with people out here a little more than I thought, but still. Anyways, I would have just left, but I get the feeling he'd arrest me if I did. As if he wasn't already slowing me down enough. So I've just been sitting in here for the last hour, waiting for him to show up. But since it doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon, I figured I'd get started on some more tapes. I know he wanted us to listen together, but honestly, screw that. He shouldn't even have them in the first place, and he can listen to the recording later. Let's see, next one is... Huh. There's no number on this one. There's nothing. On this one, actually. No label at all. Or maybe there was? There's some sticker residue, but it looks like it's been torn off. <laughs> That's helpful. Tape, uh, zero, I guess. Keyword unknown, date unknown, digitized on April 30th, 2019 at 0100 Pacific Standard Time by Maria Soul, Sam Bailey, in Absentia. Marker. I, I don't even... I, I'm sorry. I, I should have written something down before I got started. Is started. that Sam? I, think, I mean... God, where'd even start? <laughs> I've got hundred pages of case notes here, but even I can't seem to put the damn things in order. I, I thought I knew what was going on, but I, I think I for, forgot something. Some, somewhere. Somehow. This was the ninth, tenth, if you count Richard Seaver, and, and I do. Most people don't, but but I think. No, 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 no! It's not real. It's not real. It's not. Sorry, sorry. Everything's just things like they are. I. Let's, let's start from the beginning. Okay. What the hell is this? Did Sam put one of his tapes in with Anna's? Doesn't sound like him, to be honest. In fact, it really doesn't sound like him. Sounds even more freaked out than usual. Maybe it's an old recording he made? Then why would it be in here with all of these? Maybe Anna... What? Found it somewhere? I should probably... I mean, I probably shouldn't listen to this without... <laughs> what the hell am I saying? It's not like he showed Anna the same courtesy. So, um, 
it's January 6th? Yeah, yeah, January 6th, 20... Does this thing auto-date stamp? I think... Let me, let me look at the instructions here. Jesus. You've got to be kidding me. This thing has an auto-sensor? Who the decided that was a good idea? Ugh. Mary H. Mother Okay. This is Detective Sam Bailey of the Agate Shore Police Department recording for the first time with this contraption. Because Jerry said, oh, it's easier than typing everything out. And I guess that's right, because that computer's just another contraption I have to work with on this job. And I might as well save some time for all the other nothing I've got to do around here. Look, I'm not just getting on this thing to hear the sound of my own voice, is what I'm saying. God knows I don't like it. But Oslo County is finally joining the 21st century and accepting audio logs in place of case files. So here we are. Here. We. Are. He was in Agate Shore. God, of course he was. No wonder he was so upset about me mentioning it. But if he was there at the end, I mean, it definitely sounds like he was from the first bit. Maybe even after the last drowning. Huh. Wonder if I skip forward a bit? And I swear to God, if Alan doesn't stop stapling both copies of these reports together, I'm going to take him out back and shoot him myself. It's an act of mercy. <sighs> Sorry, that's... That probably shouldn't be on this tape. Uh, official business only and all that. Jeez, they even wrote that on top of the recorder in big red letters in case I forgot. But who else am I going to talk to about these things? I mean, is it really more professional to complain to a co-worker than a machine? And I can't talk to anybody in town. Word travels too quick. I mean, I tell Jim about Alan, Jim tells Mary, Mary tells Abby, Abby tells Jerry, and Jerry tells Alan. <sighs> and if this tape gets played in county court someday, which I find unlikely, nobody in Agate Shore will hear it. Probably. I'm... I'm avoiding the issue, I guess. Just don't want to talk about it. A, a kid went missing at school today. The Martin's boy, Pat. A good kid. Too shy for his own good, sure, but smart. Curious. A couple of the other kids saw him wander off into the lake bed. It, it was an agate hunting trip. I mean, there were too many kids for Miss Maisie to keep track of, and... The volunteer parent bailed in the last second. I saw him at Chuck's last night. He's probably still hungover. That's... That's an ambulance. Not a patrol car. God, I hope that's not... Damn! There's been another one. Jesus, no. Another three. A couple of teenagers from Arrowhead for spring break. They were they were car camping out on the lake bed, smoking or drinking or, you know, whatever kids do out there. Alan went out to check on them when he saw their jeep out there. He... It was just like Pat. Stone dead in the middle of the desert. Their lungs full of water. Salt water. Then Alan tries to tell me 
that when he got to the car, it was flooded all the way to the windows, and the kids were floating in it, that when he opened the door, it all spilled out and soaked in the ground before anyone else got there. I mean, God, Alan, people are dying out there. The least you could do is stop cracking jokes about people who are... Alan's dead. He... Uh, it, was, it was just like all the others. Water in his lungs, his skin colder than it should have been out on the lake bed in the sun. The, the coroner said the same thing he, he did with the others, that he, he drowned on salt water in the middle of the desert. I'm sorry. I, I can't. I can't. This is the first time I've recorded anything in a while. I, I couldn't just sit in my office. I, I couldn't. I couldn't breathe in there. It felt like I was. I, I don't know why I thought it'd be better here of all places, but but it is. I, I, I couldn't get away from them in the office. Oslo sent up a new team of investigators. They they think it's a serial killer, some someone with a, a fixation on the old Salt Lake. But but I it it took me a while to figure out how to move this thing. Uh, they, they had it mounted to my desk, but I, I, I did manage to get it off. But, but I couldn't take it home. Maybe it's, it's quieter there, but I, I couldn't just tell it to the recorder. I had to... I, I needed to... I'm sorry, Alan. I'm sorry, Alan. I should have known what this was right from the start. Signs were all there, the lake vent, the drownings, the weather. Hell, even Miss Miller's flooded basement. It's so goddamn obvious. Even you could have figured it out, if only... If only I ever told anyone. I grew up here, in Agate Shore. I know, I know, I, I play the big city cop so well. Dragged here against my will, and it's also kind of true. When I went to school, I never wanted to end up working back here. But no one else would take me, though. Guess I was too bad with computers to actually fit in at any other PD. Maybe... Maybe it was Agate Shore trying to... Back when I was a kid, there was actually a shore. There was actually a lake. You're too young to remember it. Hell, I'm, I'm almost too young myself. They built the dam when I was in third grade, and the lake was gone by the next summer. But before that, I was I was always out there with my parents. My mom and dad would swim out in the lake early in the morning and teach me to swim in the shallows in the afternoon. We went out there as, as often as we could, sometimes three or four times a week in the warm season. I, I was a pretty good swimmer by the time I started kindergarten, and then I decided 
I would try to do what my parents did. Swim out to the middle of the salt lake and just, just float in the sun. They would never let me go out that far. My dad would jump in and pull me back to shore and tell me it wasn't safe out there. So one day, my parents forgot the towels in the car and ran back to fetch them. I, I, I jumped into the lake and just started swimming. Uh, I was a good swimmer, yeah, but not half as good as I thought I was. It was late February and the lake was still cold. I made it about 20 yards before my arms started seizing up. I, I tried kicking to keep going, but my legs were already stiff and I, I couldn't seem to stay afloat. And then my legs rose too. Then I was sinking. You know when you're swimming in a lake and, and you open your eyes? How there's that kind of green-gray glow all around you and you can't tell which way is up? That's what it was like. Except I knew I was getting deeper and deeper by the second. I tried to scream before I went under, but that just filled my lungs with water. I was drowning, and stupid as I was, I knew there was no one coming to save me. And then I heard it. The voice. I, I don't know if it was the lake itself talking, or, or some creature or monster or what. For a long time, I, I thought it was just my own imagination, or maybe it was God. I don't think so now. What would you do to save yourself? It asked. Anything, I thought. What would you give to save yourself? It asked. Anything, I said. Who would you give to save yourself? I wasn't thinking clearly. My, my brain just couldn't get the oxygen. And I was afraid. So... So afraid. Anyone I managed. Just before I blacked out. When I woke up, I was in the hospital with my parents watching over me. I never did get a straight answer out of them about what happened. They said I made it out of the water just in time, but they never said how I got out or who pulled me out. But I could still hear the sound of the waves in my head. I still hear them now, every once in a while. For years, I, I thought one of them swam in and, and saved me, but, but didn't want to say it. They didn't want to scare me. Now I'm not so sure. I never really got the chance to ask them. The lake took them both back a, a few months later. Restore. 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 Anything, anything, anyone.
those questions, they're the same ones Anna heard in Tahoe and Kingstown. God, no wonder Sam was so quick to point out they were in Agate Shore as well. But then why did he... Why was he so skeptical about all this? I mean, if he had an encounter with this thing when he was a kid, then why would he think Anna was making it all up? And I don't know what that restore thing was about. The question, sure, but... Restore... what? Screw it. I'm skipping to the end. They stopped raining. I took Russell out for a walk for... I guess it must have been the first time in weeks last night. I was just letting him out on the porch before. Gross, I, I know, but... I just couldn't go out in that. But last night, I, I couldn't sleep, and... And then the rain finally stopped, so I... The gutters were still flooded. Nothing drains properly here. I guess it's because we live in the desert, despite what the weather wants us all to think. I had my boots on, and of course, Russell was having a blast with all the puddles. He was going to make a mess of the carpets when we got back, but I didn't care. It's not like I'm trying to impress anyone, not, not anymore. And I was too distracted to really notice. Even if it was dark and there wasn't much to look at, except maybe the streetlights. I could smell the water, though. I know it's impossible, but it smelled like the ocean. Like salt. Like the way the lake used to when I was hypnotized by it all, by the streetlights passing by and the smell and something and something else. The sound of waves. And then all the lights went out again. <sighs> Russell started barking right away. I noticed it too. I, I couldn't see anything. Not, not then, but I, I felt something. Someone. Watching. Waiting. Considering. There wasn't a moon last night. What was left of the rain clouds was hiding the stars. But it still wasn't dark. Not like it... Not like it should have been. You know how when you're swimming in a lake and you open your eyes? How there's that kind of green-gray glow all around you? It, it was like that. Except if you were at the very bottom of the deepest lake you could think of... And there was barely any of that light, but it was still all around you. No up, no down, no real source that you could see. And you look up to try and find the sun, the way back to the surface, and it's... gone. And it's... it's gone. And then I felt like there was water in my lungs. I was coughing and choking on the ground trying to breathe. Ru Russell, Russell saved me. He was barking at the shadows behind one of the dead streetlights. Then I thought I saw something moving there, something tall and 
pale, but I only saw it for for a second. My eyes were watering. I, I was I was crying. And then Russell was licking my face, snapping me out of whatever it was. And then I was crying again. Jesus, crying over the fact I was I was alive. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, by the way, the the profanity filter's broken. I haven't tried to fix it. The filter, the lights, the generators, everything keeps breaking down. I guess except everything except the cars. Those are still working. They have to be. People just keep leaving. Jerry found the guy. The, the guy from the bar that night last January. The, the pale one with black hair and blue eyes and nice clothes singing in another language. He was... He was murdered behind the supermarket. He was... He'd been dead four days before anyone noticed the smell. There was no one taking out the garbage anymore. There, there wasn't any water in the lungs this time. The autopsy says he died of shock, completely unrelated to the other deaths. It could be. He was older than I thought he'd be. At 67 if his IV was legit. He did have it this time. Just, just an expired driver's license from Montana. Maybe it wasn't another drowning. But he'd been out in the sun for four days. It could have evaporated or drained out or, or something. Anything. I, I don't know. His name was Richard Seaver. It's... It's over. They're all gone. Everyone. They were already... They were already leaving and... This was just the last straw. Jim was out on the lake. Nobody knows what he was doing out there. He, he worked a full night at Chuck's. He should have just gone home to, to marry. But, but someone on the highway saw him wandering out there alone. Alone on the saltwood. They couldn't tell if he was moving away from town or running towards it, but they pulled off and, and drove over to him. By the time they got to where they, they thought they'd seen him, they It was just like all the others. Almost. But he had a, a note in his hand. It was pretty well crushed and, and soaked almost all the way through. It pretty much fell apart the moment I pulled it out of his hand, but there was only one word on it, written over and over again. Restore. 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 Restore? Restore what? The town? The lake? Was the lake trying to bring itself back somehow? 
Is that why people started drowning? Is that why it all started? If Sam only found that note right before the dam broke, then how did he know about it back in the morgue? God, if he made some kind of deal with this thing, and that's why this all happened, then how much did he know about it? How much of it did he have a part in? Was he... Sam, what the hell are you... Jesus, Sam, you're bleeding! Uh, am I? Oh, uh, I guess I am. DeWitt must have hit me. DeWitt? I thought you said he was dead? <laughs> oh, it's a long, long story. Is everything okay? No, no, everything is not okay. You were right. It's the Echo. It replaced Anna. And it's growing. What do you mean, growing? Exactly what I said. It's using Anna's face to get people to trust it. It's learning. It's trying to make more duplicates. I don't know how many it's already made, but we need... We need to... Sam? Sam, are you okay? Stop. Let's just stop it. Not, not again. Can't, can't... Can't let it happen again. Let what happen again? Shit. I need to get him out of here. Sorry, it just... It looks like there's something on the other side of the tape. I just... Sorry, Sam. I need to know.
5540 to dispatch. I have an unconscious male just off Kaiser Boulevard near the Myers intersection. Looks like an Agate Shore police officer. 10-4-5-5-40. Antiques are on route. 10-4, dispatch. What is that? you're alive right now. I do hope you know that in whatever way you can. That you know just how fortunate it is that you survived your little encounter for both of us. I do wonder how much of it you'll remember though. Really remember that is. Experiences like this they tend to recede into the realm of the half-remembered of dreams and nightmares. And if the doctors are right about the extent of your injuries, then it might be gone completely. I do hope it's only the memory that's lost. We need the rest of you here. Your abilities, your obsession, your drive. If any of this is going to work, then we need all that you have to offer us. <laughs> I suppose we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? Yes, wait and see what comes out of all of this. Make it a good one, yes. For your sake, if no one else's. Holy shit. The Sheridan Tapes, Episode 20, In Absentia, starring Amitola Lomas as Maria Soul, Jesse Steele as Bill Tyler, Chris Martin as Dispatch, Michael Dostro as The Chief, and Trevor Van Winkle as Sam Bailey, with original music by Jesse Hogan. Written and produced by Trevor Van Winkle and made possible by our supporters at patreon.com slash homesteadcorner. Visit thesheridantapes.com to view additional content, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Trevor underscore VW. New episodes are released every Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on all podcasting platforms. I'm Trevor Van Winkle, this is Homestead on the Corner, and you're listening to The Sheridan Tapes. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.